In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico and that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and again, this is Short Stuff. And this one is pretty cool because it's about a secret bunker hidden at a, a resort hotel. Not something you come <laughs> upon every day. No, this is... I had never even heard of this until the other day, actually. And I'm not even sure how I heard about it now that I think about it. But it seemed like the perfect short stuff because what we're talking about is uh, during the Cold War, mm -hmm. the United States government saying, you know what? If the bomb happens, uh, we need our government to function. And in order for our government to function... We need our uh, the people of Congress to be safe and not fried from radiation. And the only way to do that is to build a massive underground bunker for everyone to go and live. And that's just what they did. Yeah, but they didn't they didn't like put it on a military base. They didn't put it like underneath the Capitol building. They they went to a resort in West Virginia called the Greenbrier that had been around for a very long time already. It was. It's a very well-known resort. It's still around today. It's beautiful. And in fact, um, Dorothy Draper, probably the greatest interior designer of all time, um, macked out the Greenbrier, I think, in the 30s or 40s uh, and brought cool it looking. back to life. It's an amazing place. But they, they chose the Greenbrier in part because no one would ever suspect that they built the bunker to house Congress during a nuclear attack four hours away from Washington, D.C., in West Virginia beneath a, a resort that everybody loved. Right. No one would uh, think that would happen except for the people that built it. Right. Because when the construction crews showed up and they were like, all right, we're going to need three-foot concrete walls here <laughs> uh, in these huge areas. We're going to need about 1,100 bunk beds. Uh, they went, okay, what's going on here? And they said, don't worry about it. Just build what we tell you to build. Yeah. And and stay quiet because obviously something like this had to be secret. And it was secret for uh, many decades until, I don't know, was it a reporter or just a writer that basically wrote an article about it? Reporter. A guy named Ted Gupp, who sounds like the kind of person who just out something for fun. It sounds like someone who now they would use the word like, he gupped that thing up. <laughs> right. Which like means he wrote that an article. He, he wasted billions of taxpayer dollars with yeah. one single article. Because it was then useless. And everyone said, well, thanks, Gup. Uh, now we don't have our super secret bunker anymore. <laughs> right. It's very much bombable. Yeah. Uh, because this thing, although it's built to withstand, um, to like be three, you know, a few hours from Washington, D.C., where the big bomb lands. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it can't withstand like a direct hit, and no one would have bombed uh, White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, right. had it not been for you. Thanks, Gup. Uh, yeah, within three years of uh, Ted Gup's article, The Ultimate Congressional Hideaway, the Greenbrier Resort was giving tours of it because it had been decommissioned that quickly. <laughs> I know. And again, this thing was in was in ready operation at a moment's notice for 30 years. Uh, over the course of those 30 years, the 1,100 bunk beds were assigned to a person. And mm-hmm. these were, it wasn't like they assigned it once. As new Congress people came in, they got assigned bunk beds. Like if something happened, this place was ready to go at a moment's notice to accept all of Congress. And I say we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about some of the details behind this ingenious plan. Let's do it. Hey there, are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But you can drink water as clean as nature intended. Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater. Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. And you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh? Yeah, text STUFF to 2512-928887 and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, everybody, if you're building a deck at work and you want to supercharge it, check out Canva presentations. Work docs have been the same for too long, but Canva docs are different. They're visual. They grab readers' attention with images, charts, tables, and videos playable right in the doc. Plus, docs don't have to be just words on a page. You can make your docs pop with Canva docs. That's right. And Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department, whether you work in sales, HR, ops, marketing, and more. Canva presentations can be the solution for you. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. 
Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. You start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, adding images, graphics, charts, data visualizations, all from a massive media library. It's super easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. So start designing today at canva.com, designed for work. That's C-A-N-V-A.com. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. That's right. It's even in the name. Use code STUFF20 at checkout to receive $20 off your first month. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Yep. Again, use promo code STUFF20 and you'll receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. So, Chuck, if you uh, went to the Greenbrier between the, I guess, 1962 and 1992, you might encounter somebody wearing a Forsyth Associates uniform. <laughs> and they, if you ask them what, what Forsyth Associates did, you'd say, oh, well, we, we actually take care of all the TV sets here at the Greenbrier. And then the next thing you know, you would wake up in a crypt in Mexico <laughs> wearing someone else's clothes. <laughs> That'd be that. <laughs> yeah, and the last thought that you had in your head was, man, there's a lot of people taking care of these TV sets here. <laughs> right, because it turns out that the Forsyth Associate TV technicians were actually the government employees who were secretly tasked with keeping the Greenbrier bunker uh, at a state of operational readiness at all times. Yes, uh, it was called, when they built it, uh, I saw 57 and 58, so somewhere in there, it was called Project Greek Island, and uh, again, was uh, the location was determined because it's close enough to DC to where it's not super far if you had to like get there in a hurry. Um, but it's it's safe enough to be there. Like I think they could withstand radiation for uh, how many days could they survive on just the air in there? Three. But then the filtration system was so amazing that it could actually filter out radiation, so they were okay. That's right. Uh, it cost about fourteen million bucks. Uh, was completed in '62, right before the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, 720 feet underground, uh, 100, it's uh, two levels, 112,000 and change square feet. So uh, roughly the size of a couple of football fields stacked on one another. Yeah, think about it. 720 feet underground. That is that's a long really, way down. That's a skyscraper down. Mm-hmm. And what's nuts to me is it still couldn't withstand a direct hit from a, a nuclear yeah. bomb. That's scary. That really kind of says a lot right there. But um, so when you when you went to this place under a nuclear attack, um, if you were a member of Congress, you would be hustled off to the Greenbrier. The first thing that would happen once you entered the secure, sealed-off area um, is that you would be decontaminated. You'd be given new clothes. Your other clothes would be incinerated. Um, and you would find very quickly that entire swaths of the Greenbrier had also been ingeniously included in this. 
even though it was open to the public, they were used as as meeting rooms and stuff during normal times. In the case of a nuclear emergency, when Congress took over the bunker, they got sealed off with the rest of this bunker, too. Yeah, so, like, there were literal, uh, mean, like, companies would have a, not a retreat, but well, I guess a retreat there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they would go and listen to people lecture about their industry and not, you know, unknowingly the whole time they're sitting on top of this underground bunker. It's like it was pretty ingenious to not have it at a military base and to sort of hide it in plain sight in some ways. Uh, there's if you're wondering, like, well, how did you access it from the Greenbrier? It would, of course, be behind the door that says danger, high voltage, keep out. Yeah. <laughs> danger, danger. High I voltage. love that. It's like it's off of a, like out of an Austin Powers movie or something. It's like, yeah, just put high voltage and no one will open that door. <laughs> yeah, I think it works. I mean, you're kind of a chump if you go through that door anyway, you know? Yeah, you'd be a real uh, gup. <laughs> nice callback, <laughs> dude. That was great. So what else is in there? You got your decontamination room. You got your dormitories, mm-hmm. uh, which are 18 rooms with 60 beds in each. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have a cafeteria and a kitchen. Sure. Uh, they even had a, like media room set up with fake views of uh, like the Capitol in the background and stuff like that. So they could uh, they had, you know, like a production facility, essentially, because they had to be able to broadcast out in case anything went wrong. Yeah. And they had three meeting rooms, one that could house Senate, the Senate, one that could house uh, the House of Representatives and one that could house joint um, joint uh, congressional meetings like w- w- where everybody was involved. Um, they also had uh, a pharmacy with tons of antidepressants, apparently. Yeah, but they had the good stuff. They had a little jail. And then this, to me, was pretty revealing. I think uh, either NPR or the Atomic Heritage Foundation pointed out that they had, in this little jail area, they had weapons, but that the weapons amounted to, like, a, a couple of rifles, some pistols, uh, a, a, like, some batons and, like, helmets, like, stuff you would have for riot gear. And I realized, like, that's that wasn't meant to be used on, you know, Soviet forces trying to gain entry. That's to be used in the case of, like, some uh-huh. sort of crazy mutiny, like, below <laughs> yeah. ground by, by Congress people who are losing their marbles. Like, yeah, or that's just kind of scary. Know, just old grudges, like, <laughs> right. they're, fi- they're finally going to take Pelosi down once and for all. Yeah. <laughs> Put her in a straitjacket because there were straitjackets. Yeah. Uh, they, there were two boxes of straitjackets with this jail uh, in case something happened like that. Yeah. So um, the whole thing was completed, I think you said, in time for the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Yeah. That's really 62. good Really good timing. And again, when they did this, they, they did it under the auspices that the Greenbrier was building a new wing. And indeed, the Greenbrier did build a new wing, but there was some really weird parts of it. So it did raise some... Uh, some questions, but apparently the locals kept it to themselves because it does not seem to have been one of those, you know, um, open secrets. Like, it seems to have been like a real secret secret, which is, you know, hats off to everybody who managed to keep that a secret all those years. Well, yeah, because like we said, the construction crews were immediately suspicious, but a lot of people worked on that thing and, and clearly knew what was going on. And I guess it was just a different time where people... Uh, cared <laughs> about their country such that they knew it was important to keep it a secret. Yep. For national security reasons. Yeah. Hats off, government, on keeping some secrets. How fast would this be tweeted out today? <laughs> right. There was a, a, a drywall person. <laughs> yeah. 
working on an underground bunker. Yeah. Check it out. Supposedly, the um, Supreme Court was destined for the Grove Park Inn in the, in the case of a nuclear emergency that would find Congress oh, really? at the Greenbrier. Yeah. Where's that? Asheville. Okay. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's in Asheville. So they would. Do, that's where they would go and bunker down to. Yeah. Wow. Pretty amazing stuff, Chuck. I wonder if this. I mean, if there were 1,100 beds, this seems to indicate that they would have their families there, right? I guess, but it's, I guess, yeah, it must be. And I think there's a there's um, a train route from DC to the Greenbrier, so there would probably be time to be like, meet me at the Amtrak station. We got to go. Right. To your family. Interesting. That's the only explanation I can find. Although staff, maybe. I could see Congress people choosing their staff, staff over their family in a nuclear <laughs> a nuclear disaster. That's 1,100 bunks, though. That's, that's plenty of room for staff and families and uh, maybe even an enemy or two. Sure. Uh, again, though, thanks to the Atomic Heritage Foundation. Great article on this, uh, as well as uh, NPR, who we always love. Yes, and great thanks to you, too, Chuck. And, and you, sir. Thank you. Well, we thanked each other, everybody. That means short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.